Recording. 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 Numbers are going. Recording. 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 Checking the old. Recording. Recording. Yeah, that still didn't peak. That's excellent. Hey Ben, one of our fans has written in. Guess which one? Oh, I can never remember his name. Mob Barland. Ron Barley. Is that his name? Rick. Mobius. Sanchez. <laughs> Rick Sanchez. Yeah, Rob Marland. So <clears throat> he's contacted us with the subject line Cactail. It's great. Imagine what he's written about. Hi, chaps. After Amy's appearance on the Far and Away episode, just going to pause right there. He's jealous. He's jealous. Yeah, I've got to say that Far and Away episode, one of my favorites. It's a corker. Amy's great. She was fantastic. She was really good fun. She even let us put in a pussy joke, which is just... (laughs) Absolutely. So thanks again, Amy. Yeah, thanks to her husband as well. And to her husband. After Amy's appearance on the Far and Away episode, it's good to see that Cactail is now at two votes to two, giving it a Rotten Tomatoes score of 50%. Oh, right. I get it. Hang on. Tomatoes, like Like Tom Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise-atoes. Oh, my God. I prefer Tom (laughs) Cruise-atoes. I've got to say, though, 50%, still not a recommendation in my opinion, but there you go. I am sure future guests will also sing its praises. I'm not. Making you two look like a right pair of chumps. We, don't, the... need, we don't need future guests to make <laughs> us look like a pair of chumps. So go fuck yourself, Rob. Already, we are chump-proof. Because it's like, it's like if you take a little bit of poison to become immune to it. We are so chump Full of chumpness. Yeah, we chumpetize ourselves. We chumpetize. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, th- but but thanks for the heads up that we are soon going to be chumptastic because of our future guests. It will just make it one of the requirements that they have to hate cocktail. Yeah, they're not allowed on otherwise. That's it. So, so we'll win. We'll win. It's not, not even the point of his email, though. That's just a little bit of gloating up top from yeah. Bob there. He's probably uh, what, right, though, isn't he? What he actually right. wants to talk about more, is... More people like cocktail than we, we think. Well, fine. <laughs> what he's actually saying is, I would like to suggest another couple of Tom Cruise staples for your list. Anna, that's exciting. Number one. Female extras ogling Tom as he passes by. Yeah, totes. This was a staple of the early Bond films, yeah. and Tom nicked it to reassure his audience that the tingly feeling in their schmeckle slash Lady Schmeckle. Good. Was normal. Now, we, we could have probably done that for Arnie as well, because there's a lot of people Ogalani in his movies. Especially yeah. that woman in the diner in T2. <laughs> so maybe it's an Arnithology <laughs> staple. Yeah. He goes on... This isn't really a new staple. He's just ag- adding to one of our uh, existing staples. Number two, getting some specifically from a sex worker of some kind. Yeah. You're already keeping track of whether Tom gets some, but it's also very disturbing how often he gets some from someone he has to pay. Mm. It starts with losing it. The most prominent example is in Risky Business, and there was a near miss in Far and Away. That fake policewoman in Days of Thunder also counts. I agree, yeah. It ain't going to stop anytime soon. Woo! Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, you also missed um, in that list uh, Born on the Fourth of July. A very good one. Well done. That's my favourite one, actually. Well, yeah. maybe risky business. Okay, thanks, Rob. Cheers, Rob. Let's just move on from there. Yeah.
Hey. Hi. Hi, Ben. Hey, buddy. Haven't seen you in ages. And hey to all our buddies out there in cruise land. I'm Ben Hyten. I'm Alex. And uh, this is the Cruise Cast. Welcome. 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 Ben, yeah. what do the Pelican Brief, Yes. the Firm, yes. and A Time to Kill have in common? They are all novels that were adapted into films based on the works of John Grisham. Yeah, they were, man. And they're all in my top 20, at least, of films, if not higher. I like Really? Them all. Yeah, I like them all. I like them all, but top 20, man. Well, maybe i got to look, watch some more movies, maybe. I mean, you've got, you must have at least five Arnie movies in your top 20. Yeah, probably. You've already so, got about four Tom Cruise films, yeah, and we're you know, only I'm about really a third of the way through. I'm really suggestible. Like, whatever film I've just been watching just becomes the best film I've ever seen, if I like yeah. it. What was the you last know? film you watched? The Firm. Oh, then the math works. Yeah. The Firm is what we're going to be talking about today, Alex, so I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't like it. This was released in 1993, the same year as The Pelican Brief. Uh, exactly. Which I, th- I think was the first 12 certificate movie I saw in the cinema on my own, The Pelican Brief. Wow. Yeah. Exciting uh, times for Ben. Now, look, exciting times for you, mate. Who directed The Firm? Yeah, uh, Sidney Pollack, who you know the role I love him in most. Well, so we're we... going to be talking about it later on in the series, I would have thought. We will. We? Yeah. Uh, Sidney Pollack will appear again as an actor. Yes. Also as a director, does he know? No, well, he directed this one. Yeah, this one, but I don't think he does direct another. Cruise I don't film. think he directs any others. No. no. Um, what's Sidney Pollack best known for, Ben? Uh, well, he's very recognisable from films like Changing Lanes and Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Um, but he, bef- I think, really, he did more acting in his later career. In his early career, he was a very successful producer and director. And I think the firm's quite interesting because uh, he sort of cut his teeth in that golden era of seventies thrillers. Things like The Conversation, which you right. love, yeah. Parallax View, which I That's love. That's why I love this. That's why yeah. I love this. And, yeah. and this is very much a, a modern updating of those kind of Absolutely. 70s paranoid thrillers. Yeah. Absolutely. And I wouldn't say, you know, if, if this is in my top 20, then The Conversation is in my top 10. You know, it's, it's amazing, uh, yeah. The Conversation. And I have to say that this doesn't, Although it's good, the firm, it doesn't reach it in that sense. It's that there's something about it that's just a little bit off, you know? It's just doesn't quite get there in terms of gripping. But I was gripped. How are you, man? How okay. did you find it? All right. Well, I think the first thing that has to be said about this film is it's very long. I don't yeah. think right. it quite justifies its two and a half hour running time. Agreed. Agreed. Um, now, I hadn't seen this since it was on telly one christmas in the late 90s i think same same um and i liked it fine it was it's a grown-up film and i saw it at a time when i was getting into grown-up films yeah like glenn gary glenn ross and things like yeah. that. yeah when i watched it i knew there was more i had to get you know i just i knew i didn't quite get it and i think the reason that it's so long is actually it's very complex and, mm. and i guess there's a, a lot going on you know john grisham does these sort of 350 400 page books and there's lots of room to put, I mean, dozens of characters yeah. and layered plot. Yeah, it's an a, there's an A story, on. B story, C story, D story that all come together. Yeah. And what's great about it is all of those characters have their own little stories going on. You yeah. feel like this is a real world. Yeah. Apart from maybe some of the characters in the firm itself. Hmm. Um, 
but and, and maybe like you know some of the ancillary characters like the PI. But in know. the process of 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 watching it, Gary Busey, you don't you don't always necessarily feel like this this what you know do we need this scene is this necessary right of course it turns out that yes we did need this it, scene. it does and the thing that adds to that is that when even if you're getting the feeling at least as a film i wouldn't go as far as saying aficionado but fan i you know i like movies i'm i'm seeing these characters pop up but they're not characters for me they're just actors, these actors. that i love yeah. so yeah. i'm not thinking oh oh that guy i'm thinking my God, it's Gene Triplehorn. I didn't. I forgot completely. She was in it. Wilfred yeah. Brimley. Yes. Jesus. Holly Hunter. Love Holly Hunter. David Strathairn, man. Yes. Like, he looks fantastic in this. Yeah. I didn't realize he was such a good-looking guy. Uh, I'll come back to David Strathairn and Holly Hunter later. Okay. Um, Gary Busey. Yes. Such a small part, but perfect. You but know. So, a hundred percent Busey. And some other guys who are lesser known, with a little bit of an ornithology link in this. Yeah. Tobin Bell. Yes. Uh, and Dean Norris. Yeah, Dean Norris, nowadays better known for Breaking Bad, but obviously yeah. uh, Prawn Face. Prawn Face. In Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. And the SWAT leader in T2. Yeah. Hal Holbrook. <laughs> the eternally ancient Hal Holbrook. <laughs> He's a, is he still alive? He is. He's about Good. 127. <laughs> nice. nice. Good going, Hal. Keep going. We've got the hack. I mean... Yeah, now forget the, about I, it. I, what I really like about yeah. Gene Hackman, because um, I, I, I forgot he was in this film. No. Yeah, of course. Oh my I God. know, terrible. But <laughs> but there is a reason for that. It's yeah. because I remember when I started buying uh, VHSs in the uh, early 90s, I bought everything. Hmm. The trailer for the firm was on a few of these tapes. And right. Gene Hackman had it in his contract that he would be billed before the title of the film. Right. Right. Tom Cruise then got that written into his contract. Obviously, he had to be billed top because he's the lead and he's getting paid the most. Fair enough. So when Gene Hackman saw that, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I want to give the fans a little treat then. I don't want to appear in any other promotional materials. Oh, that's so cool. people going in to see the yeah, firm yeah, yeah. wouldn't know he was in it until his name pops up at the beginning. Yeah. And I had that experience watching it this week. Right, it was great. Right. That's, a, that's what you might call a baller move to do that. It, sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. As Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty. He looks like an egg in a Mac. He does. He, just, he does look better with a tiny bit more hair, doesn't he? He's like <laughs> completely clean shaven head doesn't work for him, I don't think. I've got two I've got two other Paul Calderon. Uh, I don't know who is that. He's uh, Ed Harris's partner. He's in Pulp Fiction and Out of Sight. He's a good sort of character actor. Mm. And Paul Sorvino as one of the yeah. Medigliani brothers or whatever of they course, are. Like, uh, from Goodfellas. Paulie yeah. from Goodfellas. Who else do you cast? You know, it's like, yeah, you cast yeah, that yeah. guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So do you want to... No. I'm almost terrified to ask this question, but... Don't ask me. Do you want to have it. a go at the plot? Okay, yeah, I do. Tom Cruise joins a firm that is responsible for doing the the taxes for the mob. In Chicago, yeah. And he doesn't realise it. And Stepford Wives kind of styly for lawyers, they suck him in to the point where he can't get out. And it's all very sinister, and but we kind of know that this is, it's all talking about the firm and how the firm wants you to be a certain way. And nobody ever leaves the firm. If you do, you die. Everyone in the firm has to be married and have kids. And it's all designed to keep you in the firm and to keep it in the family. Uh, and so it's the mob. It's the mob's law firm. And Tom Cruise basically finds out very quickly 
and then is approached by the FBI and is told, you help us or you get killed by them. This is your choice. You've got your life is over as you know it is the line. And he works out a way to get out of it. Well, as he says to Gene Triplehorn, I haven't got a way out. I've got a way through. Yeah. Which so I like. I am proud of myself because that was probably the most succinct summary I've ever done. That's very good, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually what's interesting about the film, given its length, is it doesn't waste any time at all in letting you know there's some shady shenanigans going on here. Yeah, it doesn't, I like it. It, it doesn't try yeah. and lull the viewer into no. thinking, oh, maybe these are good guys. There's no twist. No. The, the twist is how the, how's he going to get out of this? That's and what exactly are they up to? Yeah, that's the other thing. I, I was I would, that's why I got gripped so soon is that it's not about it's not so much about plot twists it's about plot reveals yes and I was gripped because I wanted to know each reveal that's why I was gripped it wasn't that what I was seeing was terribly gripping and this is why I'm saying it almost gets there the conversation is gripping and you want to know what's happening and you want to find out things but in this it's like it's not so gripping but I'm gripped and I want to know what's going to happen and you want to know I invest in the characters quite quickly as well. That's another thing that was quite interesting, the way that they did that. And that is because of the talent that's there on screen, yeah. most most likely because of Sidney Pollock's direction as well. Yes, it's definitely. Well, it's that thing of being an actor's director, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I don't know. I, gripped is, is too strong a word for me. I think I was intrigued. Tom Cruise is very good in the film, but part of the problem with taking a shine to him is he doesn't necessarily have all of the normal cruisy characteristics to fall back on. Yeah. And as a result, actually, his character sort of lacks nuance. He's an everyman. He's a very Jimmy Stewart Agreed. kind of character. He's a very Agreed. Hitchcockian yeah. lead. Yeah. Uh, and and actually, if it weren't for Gene Triplehorn, who I think is really good in this film, Jeez. very well cast, yeah. and Gene Hackman, who is just so magnetic I, yeah. I, I mean just watching the first 20 minutes yeah, of this yeah, yeah. film I wrote down that he's possibly the most consistent and my favourite actor of his generation and by his generation I'm talking about Pacino De Niro yeah, you know, all yeah, of those yeah. guys Hackman is is an absolutely unique presence in any film that he's in agreed <laughs> even though every so often I expected him to go Miss Tessmacher <laughs> yeah it's funny um, because I, it's the same role that I was thinking about because I was thinking there must be a film where Gene Hackman is rubbish and I can't think of one. No, like He's been in, in rubbish films. Yeah, yeah, even in Superman. He's he's fine. As Lex Luthor, he's he's great. Yeah, G- he given, the, given where those movies were being pitched, Gene Hackman's performance in it is he's, he's still consistently great even though what he's got isn't that great. And yeah. the film, the tone of the film is what it is and whatever. He does excellently with it. And it is about that magnetism you said. It's, it's, it is, the magnetism is the right word. Paul Newman had it for me. I haven't seen many Paul Newman movies, but he had it for me in Color of Money. There's just sure. this, this quality. Somebody else in this who has it, I don't know if it's magnetism, but it's certainly some kind of um, immediate unease around him is Wilfred Brimley. I, he's, mm. I, find, I found him very menacing in this. He's very good. And yeah. what's what's interesting to me about that is most of his other roles, I mean, Cocoon the, is, is probably the, um, his most security, famous. security, whatever, 
what's the role he is yeah he's playing. the head of security. head of security at the law firm right but yeah. and he does the intimidation when the intimidation is necessary exactly but it, it was done so brilliantly it wasn't intimidating that's why i say it's menacing it's matter of fact yeah it's very steely yeah. And but wilfred brimley is one of those actors who's known for being cuddly and and lovely right, right. and to turn that on its head is I think particularly for people like you and me who know him yeah. from Cocoon, he's the lovely yeah. granddad in Cocoon. Right, right. All of a sudden, like it's like he's tapping into that bit of your but childhood and going, "That's the menace." Be scared yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah, be yeah, scared. yeah. yeah that's yeah. why it's menacing because it's like he's yeah, like you said warm and cuddly, but it's like you don't want to cuddle that poisonous bear. You know, it's not gonna, it's gonna be really bad. Uh, just because we were talking about how quickly it sets up that the firm is a is a dangerous place and not to be crossed. Tom Cruise is seduced by it because it's his big break. He's been working in a pizza parlor yeah, right. and they're going to pay for him to do the, the bar exam and they're going to pay him hundreds of thousands of dollars to work for them on, on these high profile yeah, cases. Plus all the perks, like he gets a car, yeah, exactly. he gets a house that's already furnished, everything. They're going to pay off his student loan. Just on the car, quickly, it was a really weird moment. They get into the house they're seeing how, oh, how cool it is. They're like, you know, she's not very excited about it because apparently she grew up from a you know, a wealthy family herself, but she downsized if you want to be with Tom Cruise. And so he runs outside and you don't really see what he's shocked by, but he's shocked by something he's looking. I don't know. I thought it was a pool or something that he didn't know that they had. And he shouts, Abby, like something really bad's happened. And she comes out like, what? She didn't say anything. She's looking. And then she smiles and goes, oh, you know, that eighties, Oh, my stupid husband smile. And he's ogling a car in their driveway it cuts to the car and i laughed out loud i was like that looks like a piece of shit it's a mercedes cabriolet isn't it, it it's yeah it, but at the time it was a good car and it just it, it showed me like how much things date like how style and Absolutely. fashion dates and it's so. a very 1993 vision of the perfect suburban house yeah, car yeah, with, the yeah. fluffy dog you know yeah. all of that and yeah, yeah, absolutely. That ages the film. The lack of um, mobile phones in the film, and the, the lack even there's one mobile phone in the film, and the yeah. the guy who has it is the FBI agent. Yeah, you'd think it would be the other way around. You'd think that the incredibly rich mob connected law firm would have the mobile phones, not the FBI agent. No, they've right? got pages. Cruz is is seduced by this. He doesn't want to believe that there's anything wrong with the firm, uh, even when they when they find out in pretty short order that two very high profile associates of the firm have died under pretty sus suspicious circumstances a yacht yeah. explodes yeah and jean triplehorn is the one who's suspicious straight away she says that woman was afraid and he's she's saying no no from the beginning she was mourning yeah, yeah. so she's yeah. not into it she knew something's wrong at the beginning and so when they go and they're introduced to all the members of the firm just before that He's having a conversation with uh, Terry Kinney's character and she's having a conversation with Terry Kinney's wife. And they're basically having the same conversation. But Tom Cruise is just walking along, happy. is like, oh, you know, uh, no one's ever been divorced in the firm, really. And she's going, no one? Yeah. No one's ever been divorced? And they have this conversation about how the firm doesn't forbid wives working and it encourages children. And it sounds very culty straight away. Yeah, yeah, it does. And... In the, in light of what's happened in the last 25 years with Tom Cruise, I got a real sense of a need from that because it reminded me of Scientology. Interesting. I didn't think about that. I, I wonder that. if Tom Cruise ever looks back on the firm and, and ever has those thoughts himself. I don't know. Um, but also, 
maybe let's not answer this. And for me, anyway, I want to keep it as a surprise for me because I'm trying to avoid everything about Tom Cruise at the moment so that I can find it out as we go along. Yeah. Um. So, But something I don't know is whether or not he has just downplayed his role in Scientology or whether or not he just he's dropped it altogether and he's nothing to do with it. But it doesn't seem to have been very prominent in his life. He's not making a big deal about it. My feeling, and again, this is just my feeling mm. on it, is that he's realized it's not good for his image. So he just doesn't talk about it anymore. Right. I don't. I guess think, we'll find out more. I don't more. think he's left the church, though, at no. all. I never saw going clear or anything like that, but we'll get there. So, yeah, um, my feeling about the firm is basically this. It, it is one of those paranoid thrillers of old. Yeah. Um, kind of a bit like Sneakers, but I think Sneakers is a lot more, more playful. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's so much um, more fun to watch. But it is updated for that post-Reagan era. So the the pursuit of wealth in and of itself being good is no longer true at this time. It has right. to also be righteous. And yeah. that's... That's sort of Tom Cruise's character, or Mitch McDeer's thing. And, and we'll, we'll come back to it when we do lines, and also the Cruiseverse to an extent. But it is that classic Hitchcockian everyman thing of, uh, I'm a good man, and I want to do well for you. Yeah. But there's only so far I'm willing to bend the rules. And Gene Hackman even says it to him. You're right. Now, I'm, I'm really... That's an interesting. When you call him a sort of James Stewart type, that's exactly what he's... He's doing here. I don't think he does a bad job, but we're not. I think really he's very seeing, good. Yeah, we're not seeing Cruise, which is again, once more, lends credence to we're not like Tom Cruise is not what we think of him as. He got painted with a brush early in his career, and people think of him as this cheesy, you know, overacting guy. And all the Scientology stuff hurt him as well in terms of image. And but if you look at his movies, that's not. The majority of what he's done. No. From very early on. Yeah. And already in watching this, I was thinking of Collateral. I was thinking of like, you oh, know. Man, I can't wait. Yeah, neither can I. Because I, I, I haven't actually seen it all the way through yet. And start, my mind thinking on that, I was going to say like, doing the Cruiserverse has kind of ruined me watching this movie, these movies a little bit. Because I can't help but thinking about the links. You know, when he sits down with the lawyers uh, in uh, his interview, the lawyer's He's got lots of interviews, right? Yeah. But there, there's montage before he actually gets to the one that's for this firm. And he sits down with... Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook, and, yeah. yeah. And and, and the, the partners, basically. And they're grilling him a little bit. And he does this courtroom style. It's interesting he never gets into a courtroom. But mm. I guess they're not those kinds of lawyers anyway, really. He's a tax lawyer, I think. Isn't yeah, he? it's yeah. A, almost never goes to court. But I was just thinking about the cruise verse and thinking, okay, if you good men, it's the second yeah. time we've seen playing a lawyer. And it's like, how does that relate? And I know we'll get there. But what I'm saying is it ruined it for me because I was thinking about the opening of Days of Thunder. And when they ask him, like, where's your family? Yeah. Or like, who's your family? And he just, he gives an answer. But in my, my experience of the movie in that moment is completely ruined because I'm thinking, ah, that's bullshit. Yeah. You're making it up. Just like you made it up with Days of Thunder. He is. He's making it up. The truth is, is that he is. <laughs> to an extent. Because he's lying about not having a brother, right? He says, I don't have a brother or whatever. So I wasn't completely off for thinking along those lines. But what I'm saying is that it's starting to taint my view of the characters in these movies. So do you want to abandon the Cruciverse? Is that what no, you're saying? No, no. We've got to keep going with it, man. I think the first 20, 30 minutes of this film is great. I think the middle hour, and it is an hour. It's saggy. 
Yeah, it feels it. saggy because it's yeah. going through these machinations. It's, it's taking just you plot, back. It's plot, taking plot, you up to plot, the third, last thirty minutes. Yeah, twenty. But minutes. at the point that I was ready to just go, oh God, just be over already. Hmm. The last forty-five minutes of this film is so good. And good, I'm it so happy. Really ratchets up the tension. Yeah, I yeah. Think, good. It delivers. It delivers. I think the very end, the last five minutes, is a bit weak. I don't really know what else you can do with it. But that's that's fine. That's just the kind of film it is. I know what else you can do with it. That's later. We talk about sequels. Okay, fine. Sound ye oldie spoiler klaxon. But yeah, I mean, pretty much from the point that Gene Triplehorn goes to the Caymans with Gene Hackman, maybe a little bit before that. Yeah. Everything is just... It's yeah. just the pieces falling into... And genuinely, even though I'd seen the film before, I could remember little snippets of set yeah, pieces and no things like that. Was gonna happen, yeah. But how the hell, how the hell does he get out of this? Because he's not the kind of character that carries a gun. He's never going to shoot no. his way out of it. There's, there's, there are moments of violence in the film, but not him, really, mm-hmm. right? And the way that he gets out of it, the way that he plays through, is fantastic. Yeah, they've already set up that he's acrobatic. He does that flipping stuff with the kid. And then <laughs> and he uses that to his advantage. You know, he's a smart guy. And it's quite good the way he takes down, the, you know, the Nordic, what is his name, Tobin Bell and yeah. Wilfred Brimley. I like the way that that plays out because he's not action hero we. But that's when he's in the restaurant and he's explaining uh, to Gene Triplehorn, he basically know, he knows that the only thing that they have on him is this affair yeah so hackman took him away to the caymans to meet a high profile mob related client yeah cruz makes his first power play he steps up to the plate he really impresses the client he really impresses impresses hackman and then hackman wants to take him out drinking and dancing and he ends up on a beach alone but sort of saves this woman from being attacked and ends up sleeping with her her. yeah Yeah. um and apparently we learn later on that that's set up by The firm, they, yeah. they do those kinds of things and they'll keep doing them. They'll keep putting you in compromising situations until they have something on you that they can use against you. And then they that's the menacing bit with Wilfred Brimley showing him this. And he realizes the only way he's going to be out from under them is to th- risk everything and tell her. Because yeah. her finding out from anybody else really would end it. Yeah, Him being honest with her does that. I mean, it helps that she finds out without him saying that it's set up. Like that helps it, I think. Gene Hackman saying it's set up. Gene Hackman, good guy or bad guy in the end? Interesting. Yeah. I think he has a redemptive moment when he Agreed. realizes yeah. he's screwed. He yeah. But until that, he's not a great person, is he's he? He's not a good guy, no. Uh, but he but knows he's, he's not a great it. person. Yeah, yeah, he's saying, he's confessing to her. That's why he's inviting her to the Caymans, not really to yeah. seduce her. I mean, if he can, he can, because he thinks she's gorgeous and he doesn't give a shit. He's amoral, but he he explains to her because she's such a good person. I don't think he's very happy actually seducing her, and that's why he ends up confessing to her because he's saying he doesn't really want to do this. He's like, bring your mother, like <laughs> you know. I don't care. Like I just want to be around someone who appreciates me. I I appreciate you. I you know I don't. And and what he's saying is my wife doesn't appreciate me anymore, and I'd love to care about somebody again. I think it's quite a beautiful scene. Uh, well, actually, he says, I love my wife. Yeah, yeah. But my wife's problem is that she understands me. Yeah. 
That's why I run around. And that's yeah, that's yeah. a very complex it is thought that he's he's conveying there actually. Yeah, he's a mature man, he's been through the wars and he's understanding himself well. Yeah. And he's confessing it to her. And at that moment when he said that, I just thought I'm not sure that she really gets that. And nor should she necessarily. Because she's got a whole other game going on anyway. She's just listening. Pretending. She's playing him. Yeah, yeah, but also she she doesn't want to be that woman either. Exactly. She's still young. Exactly. She's still she's in still love. Good. Yeah, yeah. And she also knows that we learn later on. She's seeing this man knowing that that could end up being her husband if he stayed in this game. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's what's great about when Hackman says... I run around and she says, why do you do that? And he says, because my wife understands me. Yeah, go on, man. These characters are really well developed. Like... I lo- but I, the, the bit that I love, even before any of that, I mean, he's quite ballsy the way he goes up to her at the <laughs> playground and just says, come yeah. away with me. And really, he says, yeah. whatever happens, I take rejection really well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I, I, I am approaching being that guy. I swear to yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but even before that, the first time he meets her is at, Kaczynski is it that dies Kaczynski's funeral yeah let's just call him Kaczynski fine that guy um and he goes over and and he says something like your husband must like be really driven uh to be able to go to work and leave you every day ambitious ambitious yeah and she says um did you know Kaczynski well or whatever you know you must be really suffering Like putting the needle in on him because they're at a funeral. They've just seen his old yeah, but friend she's testing him. That by I know, yeah. but but it's the it straight away. She's got him, and he's not yeah. used to that. You see it in his face, like yeah, yeah. this woman is a tough one, and this and he just says, "Understands me," and he yeah. just says, "People uh, display grief in different ways." <laughs> yeah. It's like saying, "I get horny at funerals." There, uh, what do you want me to do? <laughs> It's kind of like saying that. I understand how it's like saying that for you. No, no, <laughs> but no, no. They, right. There's that layered thing going on. But it, okay, we've got to bring in one of the writers here because there's three writers on this. David Rabe and David Rayfield are two of the writers, but the third is Robert Town, who we've spoken about before. He wrote Days of Thunder, yeah, uh, and he's going to appear again later on. Great, um, but see this is more the kind of script that I associate Robert Town with. Right, right. Very strong characters mm. giving these very veiled barbs to one another. And mm. that scene, all of the scenes actually between Hackman and Gene Triplehorn are absolutely gripping. They're absolutely yeah. fantastic. Because like you said, the characters are really strong and it's two smart people trying to hide from each other how smart they really are. Yeah. And that's just gold. And what they know. And what they know. Yeah, Yeah, really good. So to bring it back around, I know we've been going back and forth a little bit because there's elements of the story we need to say. When Tom Cruise is in the bar with Abby, he's telling her he's cheating on her, throwing everything away, risking everything. Because for Tom Cruise, his one way through is the thing that he ends up saying to Ed Harris at the end, which is, I was doing it for somebody else. He was doing it for his brother, but not just for that. He needed his brother's help. He also, so it's a, it's a layered plan to get out of it that has all these different elements. But there was one thing that saw him through, and that was the idea that I'm nobody's yeah. man. I'm not going to be under them or under yeah. you, not even under his wife. In a yeah. way, he's like, listen, if you have to leave me now because of this new information, you're free to do that. I still want you. I still love you. I don't know how else to say that, but yeah. I get it. I get why you would. So. I'm, you're not going to stop me. I'm not going to break down and destroy and 
I'm going to keep going on this plan. And that, in a way, sort of proves to her that he's still he's still the man that she always loved or whatever. Which is, it's quite nice. I don't... I think some people might see that ending as trite and, and, and betraying the characters that we've set up so far. But I'm not so sure about that. I... I you know, it's, I, it's interesting how those three characters of, of Mitch, Abby, and Avery, the Gene yeah. Hackman character, are the three that are most different from the book. Because in the right. book, I never, Mi- I never read it. Yeah. Mitch never tells her that he had the affair. That changes a lot. It's Holly Hunter's character who goes out to the Caymans. Yeah. Well, that's important because Abby does it for Mitch, knowing that he had the affair. In the film, yeah, very different. That's very a very different. interesting ending, and it also, also wraps it up a bit more nicely. This, it way. just makes, yeah, it just makes yeah. the whole dynamic more interesting. I think, yeah, more complex. There's more uh, crossover between the major actors as well. It's a smart move to rewrite it that way. And also, the Avery character is unrepentant in the book. He's yeah. he's devoid of moral conflict. He's just yeah. pretty much a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, but when you've got all these pages to explore it, and you've been reading a book for however long it takes you to read three or four hundred pages. That's a long time to be exploring these characters and thinking about them. So you don't need the same kind of payoff and crossover that you might want in a two and a half hour movie. I think they did a good job. Again, not comparing it to the book, I don't know. I am firmly against comparisons between novels and uh, movies. You take the story, you adapt it for film. It's an adaptation. That's the whole point. I don't care that it's different. And when people's major criticism is it's different, it's yeah. not as good as it's like yeah. you can't replicate the experience on film of reading a book for an hour in evening or half an hour in e- a day for two or three weeks. You that's an experience. You take the characters with you. You dream about them. You're it's completely different. Well, I think for me, the, the it's the, never going to be as good. The comparison the that I always make. It, it's fine to say one is better than the other. I think yeah, to fine, say but... one is less. Because it's not the same as the other is is the bit that's annoying. That, and the, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. yeah, the comparison that I would always use is The Shining. It's one of my favorite books, right. but it's a brilliant film. There's hardly any connective yeah. tissue between the two. One is Stephen King's The Shining. Yeah. The other is Stanley but Kubrick's see, the, the Shining. The thing is, is that you're capable of doing that. You're capable of saying, okay, that's how Stephen King tells The Shining story, and that's how Stanley Kubrick tells The Shining story, and you like them both. I think that most people will say the book is better because they enjoyed reading the book, because they were able to imagine, however they wanted to imagine, Mitch walks into his drive and sees a luxury car. Who, <laughs> who cares what it is? Like, a luxury car, you imagine what that is, right? Mitch sees the best car you've ever imagined. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, right? I'm not saying that's... Maybe it says Mercedes in the book, I don't know, okay? The point, the point I'm BMW, making is... BMW, actually. Are you joking? <laughs> no. All right, that's so funny, because when I first saw it, I thought it was a BMW. What, what's the point I'm making? Books and films, buddy. Books and films. Books Look, and movies. I, in, all honesty, in all honesty, don't of course they're not. Don't compare them. And John Grisham's a great thriller writer. This, yeah. is a, this is a good adaptation of his book. There's no right. two ways about it. It's a very good adaptation that, of his That's book. why I started off by saying, what do these movies have in common? Because the other adaptations of his books... They're more legal dramas, aren't they? Not that great, yeah. And there's been oh. a TV series. They've been... I think most, most of... I mean, The Pelican Brief's a great film. And yeah, yeah, kill, like you said. Uh, really good. Kill. Uh, uh, time to kill. Time to kill. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've talked about how all the character interplay is really great. It's the yeah. thing that gets you through the film, I think, more than anything. Because some of the films, it's some of the filmmaking is a bit bland, to be honest. Yeah, actually, I didn't really notice it, but it's pretty straight, straightly shot. When the yeah. tension uh, notches up towards the end, I think there's just one or two bits that are 
overly convenient to allow a character to get out of a situation that just lets the film down. My my biggest one that I'm going to use as an example is the pillow truck of convenience. Yeah. He yeah, needs yeah. to escape the firm. All the exits are blocked. He's running around like a madman. He looks out the window. Thank God, two stories down, there's a truck yeah. full of pillows. Well, <laughs> the thing is that he knew that the pillow truck was there. That's what it seemed. He ran into that office to see the pillow truck. It could have been less contrived if he had taken note of it. Or if he makes a joke or, or something. Like some, that's what it's one line to, to Holly Hunter's character. What's her name? Tammy. If he j- just one line to her when they're talking about plans or something, saying, hey, look, worst comes to worst, if I have to escape, I'll just jump out the window. There's always a pillow truck outside or something like that. You know? <laughs> really? Just, yeah. But then it's not less, less contrived. Then we know that Tom Cruise's character knows about the pillow truck, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, and then it's not, and, and it's there at the beginning, and the guy's like always like, hey, you use this place like a parking lot. It's set up for us to. I didn't feel that was contrived. I was like, oh, yeah, the pillow truck. Well done. Like, Yeah, it's just, it's such, because the, you see, the difference to that is in the, the sort of the standoff bit between Wilfred Brimley, him, and Tobin Bell. Yeah. It's very, very well shot and edited. Yeah, it's tense. Because yeah. he's, he's sort of suspended himself up in the rafters of this yeah. disused office. And if Wilfred Brimley was just walking into that room, if you and I walked into that room and someone was hiding in the rafters, you would see them. You would. And cameras, yeah, most, so sure. well, it's more likely that you would see them than a camera would see them. So what, what he does before he gets into that room is he has the fake out of thinking Tobin Bell is Tom Cruise. He gets shot and he goes down. So when he walks into the room, he's looking at the guy on the floor. Yeah, and yeah. that allows Tom Cruise to have yeah. that moment to jump on him. Yeah. Uh, well, That's the reason the why I so well like that is because there's something about the way the room's set up and it... I'm not so sure that Tobin Bell would be able to see him up there. No, that's fine. With the angle that he was coming from, you know, on the other side of the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, yeah. that... that it no, could, right. it was smart. It was smart. It, yeah. it could have felt like a bit of a cheat, a bit overly convenient, yeah. but they worked the angles perfectly Agreed. to make it yeah. believable. Mm. The pillow truck of convenience annoyed me. Yeah, fair enough. Now, before we go on to any of the, uh, the regular features of the cruise cast... I want to tell you about another film I watched immediately after The Firm. Because I was watching it and I was thinking, wow, this is really similar to that other film. And I wonder if I'm just misremembering that other film. Predator. So I'm going, you got it, buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that legal speak, that legal jargon the Predator keeps You meant Predator 2, right? Predator 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, The Devil's Advocate. All right, yeah. I don't remember it very well. Well, neither did I, so I watched it again. Weird melting sex, that's all I remember. Not so much of that in the firm, but I'm really torn between which I like more. Because I really like The Devil's Advocate, but it's such a crazy, silly film. But Al Pacino is basically, I don't know, Hal Holbrook's character or Wilford Brimley's, I don't know, Gene Hackman, he's all of them merged into one. And Keanu Reeves is Tom Cruise. Maybe I will watch it again at some point. And Gene Triplehorn is uh, Charlize Theron. Anyway. Very similar in some ways, not very similar in most ways. I was going to ask you which you prefer, but obviously you don't really remember. I don't like Devil's Advocate. Uh, Devil's Advocate. Well, okay. I saw it once. It was I was bored, and I saw it, and I didn't think anything of it. So, but I've got a new, renowned, uh, renewed love for Keanu yes. since uh, the John Wick franchise, and going to have a look at some of his movies again. Next up, before <laughs> we get into our staples, okay. Is Holly Hunter and David Strathairn. 
Okay. Forget about reboot, remake, sequel. Yeah. I want a sequel with David Strathairn and Holly okay. Hunter now. So look. With their life in wherever they are in Grand Cayman. And what, what did they do? What happened I, with them? I normally hate it in a film where, normally in rom-coms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Ben Stiller gets together with Jennifer Aniston. So Ben Stiller's best mate ends up getting together yeah. with Jennifer Aniston's sister at the end. But yes, I totally agree. When uh, when they meet for the second time, uh, it's gorgeous. It's so adorable. I, I couldn't I couldn't think anything other than God. I hope these two end up together. Yes, yeah. he'll be good to her, and she's a good person. She just yeah. likes the wrong kind of man. What's the line he says? God, I love your crooked mouth. Yeah, and she says. Not even my best feature. <laughs> She's so adorable. She is She's great. So adorable. Yeah. Holly Hunter, right? Yeah. Fucking banner year for her because she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this. Right. And she lost uh, huh. to a- Anna Paquin, who was the youngest ever uh, winner for the piano. Yeah, yeah, the piano, right. But Holly Hunter, on the same night, took home the Best Actress Oscar for the piano. Yeah, yeah, she was in that as well. Yeah, great. She was nominated in both categories that year. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, she definitely deserves it. She's one of the most fantastic actresses. She really is. She talk about magnetic presence on screen. So watchable. It's just so Yeah. You can't she Oh god, I feel like I'm Sam Kneeling all over again. You can't <laughs> Sam Kneeling, yeah. You can't you but have good thoughts about her when you see her. I agree. She's um you know, there are many roles that I think she should have played that Sally Field got. Does that make sense? I know they're, they're okay. years apart, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I could have swapped out Sally Field for Holly Hunter any time. David Strathairn, on the other hand, I always feel like he's kind of Hollywood's best-kept secret. Yeah. Everything I've ever seen him in, yeah. he's phenomenal. Yeah, even, even shit, even stuff that's not great. He's done a lot of TV recently. Uh, he's played a lot of bad guys. But um, I don't think most people would. I don't think most people would even know who he was. I, I don't think they certainly wouldn't know his name. But I think most people no. would look at him and go, "I don't know this guy." Because he's a fantastic character actor. That's that's the reason why, and he he's changeable. His appearance is really changeable. Yeah. Um. Good night and good luck. That's amazing. I think yeah, yeah. one of his most notable appearances, yeah. if not one of his greatest roles. He's fantastic in that. But I could. Wouldn't you watch a movie like? Oh, Holly Hunter definitely. and David Strathairn in the Caymans. What a pulling crazy off some kind of a heist that would be. Yeah, no, I'd want them to just. I just want it to be ninety minutes of them spending his money. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, the mob comes back and tries to get their money or something, and uh, I don't know. Oh, Jesus. And Holly Hunter puts on so many different wigs throughout yeah. the course of the film, <laughs> and it. he's just the same the whole time. <laughs> he's just got his slick back hair. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so what are our staples, man? Well, the Tom Cruise classics. I mean, a a, a huge tick right up front, jumping slash backflips. You know, very early. For no reason whatsoever, he just does a series of backflips down the street. It's to show us he's acrobatic for the ending. Yeah, fine. But eh, I would have bought the ending if we hadn't seen him do 10 backflips. Yeah. But it, it adds to it. It's like, oh, yeah, he's acrobatic. He can do that. I yeah. would love to see if it was actually in his contract, knowing that he did some yeah. wrangling on this one. Flips. Just yeah. flips. <laughs> That's all it says. Like, you know, you've got these very complicated contract, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, I need to be top billing, you know, ahead of everyone else, or this 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, flips. <laughs> 0. 0.5, 5.7, running. So much running, man. Yeah, running's the other big one for sure. 
This is the film that set up for me running as a Tom Cruise staple. We used to mimic it's, the it's way on the poster he, as well. Yeah, we, this, we used to mimic the way he ran in this movie. It became a thing. We used to try and do Tom Cruise running. It yeah. was the thing. Super too much energy running. Yeah, <laughs> just breathing as well, and yeah. you know. The other one that I think is is through and through and through, and it's the strongest part of of what he's got to do in this film is the voice of reason. This film has the voice of reason coming out of its ass. Yeah, even more so than other other films we mentioned. You know, we tried to say it was there in Few Good Men, but this film is that's his whole character. Yeah, and that yeah. that first time that he's negotiating with the guy in the Caymans, yeah. but especially the scene with Paul yeah. Sorvino and Jelly from Analyze This. Right. Yeah, yeah it's great. That, that, that speech great. is. And that's all Cruz as well. That's just, that's his moment You're to right. shine. I agree. Um, and also, now this, this is the one that I've been trying to talk about since the beginning. And now we finally start to see it. We see it in Mission Impossible as well. Is that brooding, boiling glare of his. Mm. He he looks like shit in that scene, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really does. But when he's, he's been through it as well. When he's just not moving and he's mm. just really still... And he's got a little bit too much liquid in his eyes, yeah. right? And he's he's you can tell his heart is going ten to the yeah, dozen. Yeah, yeah. He's just holding it together because he knows he's right. And yeah. that, I mean, it ties into the voice of reason. But that glare, that look, is yeah. I mean, I can't get enough for of me. It. It's what makes characters like the Jack Reacher character and whatever his name is in Collateral. They work for me, and you believe him. He's, it's he's... Colin Lateral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice try yeah no great i think he gives a good performance in this uh finally i didn't think we would talk that much about uh tom cruise uh, although he's good in it it's everything that's happening around him is what's making this film interesting and again he's got this very narrow path through um getting some yeah he gets some oh not... i didn't write it down of course. and with a prostitute though that he doesn't pay no but she does say that was for money yeah, so I'm saying right. she yeah, yeah. is a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe she isn't, and she works in a travel agent, and she's doing this for money. Do we know um, that he didn't pay her, though? <laughs> no, we don't know that he didn't pay her. So, one <laughs> one point to Rob, in my opinion. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I'm not just giving points out willy-nilly here. All right. I am. Yeah, no, just the, 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 my, the final thing on what you're saying about Cruz there is... It, in a way, it's a shame because this is a classic movie star role. It's to be just the center of the film and have all yeah. the elements around it be more interesting. Yeah. And if it weren't for that scene with Paul Sorvino, that, for me, he elevates that role in that moment, I think. Yeah, and I, you, you're right. Uh, Gary Busey, man. It's just... It's just Gary Busey. It's the same character from Point Break if he hadn't died... Spoilers for Point Break, <laughs> you know, and he's just become a PI. Like that's just the yeah. guy. He likes blowjobs. He likes Elvis. He, he, you know, he's quippy. He's a bit of a piece of shit. We're not sad when he dies, right? What a perfect piece of casting, you know. Yeah. Any other staples? No, I got some lines. Have you got any more staples? No, I don't have lines. It's just my favorite scene. Really, yeah. it's it's with Gene Hackman and uh, Gene Triplehorn when they're in the Caymans and they, they're sat down at the bar when he's explaining how he still loves his wife and all that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> it's great. It's my favorite. The, all the lines in that is, works just fantastic. Uh, I wrote down um, one of Wilford Brimley's lines after he's basically gone out. He's yeah. taken Tom Cruise out into the the, yeah. the barrel lands or whatever they are. 
shown him the the dossier of photos and he goes back to the office and I think it's Gene Hackman, it might be Hal Holbrook, says to him, you're very suspicious. And he says, I get paid to be suspicious when I got nothing to be suspicious about. That's yeah. like, that's it's his character good. wrapped up there. But again, yeah. it's the way he says it. My two Tom Cruise lines are um, when he says to Gene Triplehorn, want to have some eggs? I had some eggs. Want to have some naked? <laughs> like but the line... <clears throat> that sums up his character and takes us into the cruciverse, if you'll allow me. Yeah. Is when he says to Ed Harris's boss, I don't need much of a life, but it has to be mine. Yeah, it's a good line. It is a good line. And then he leaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he doesn't leap. He's not leaping this time. What happens, Ben? Having built the case for Tom Cruise being a quantum leaper of Irish descent, we enter phase two of the cruciverse. If you'd like to know more about phase one of the cruciverse, Listen to our Far and Away episode. Tom Cruise returns to the Navy to be the Navy's best legal softball player and ends up winning his first court case. If you wish to make a movie star from scratch, you must first invent the Cruiseverse. Yeah, so we last saw him essentially winning a case uh, as a lawyer in A Few Good Men. And his future seemed very uncertain, I think. What was he going to do next? First time inside a courtroom. Eh, he did well, but I didn't get the sense that this is really where he wanted to be. This is the point where he's at a crossroads, I think. Yeah. And in this film, I think what we see, that's kind of what I was saying about him being an every man, right? Yeah. I think he's realized I've got enough experience in all of the roles that I've taken on. My goal now is to become the ultimate human being. <laughs> yeah right yeah that's, so we that's, see that's we, Tom Cruise we see him at the beginning and the he's working human. he's working a blue collar job uh, albeit getting his education at the same time but he's working in a in a, a bar or a pizzeria or something very similar to what he was doing in Cocktail yeah. going out on lots of interviews at the beginning as well yeah. just like in it's Cocktail it's almost the exact same beginning it's really yeah, weird yeah exactly uh, he's still a died in the wool capitalist like he learned in Risky Business He's a lawyer as well, from yeah. a few good men. He's a little bit of a hustler in color of money. Yeah. He's very good at pulling all of these things together. Yeah. And also, when he's talking about his family, my father died in the coal mines. I know. Coal trickle mines. <laughs> yeah, but is, wasn't his dad... Oh, he was a steel worker. So. Yeah, so he's yeah. conflating elements. Yeah, he is, he is. It's the beginning of his Swiss cheese memory. Yeah. As well, from all the quantum leaping that he's... That's, it's fantastic, man. That is a great summary of where, of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, so really what's happening is that he's becoming conscious of his own cruiserverseness. And trying to find a purpose. I, I don't just want to keep drifting from life. I've made money. I've done good things. I've done bad things. I've loved and I've lost. What, what, what do I want? I want to be the ultimate. So what's next after the phone? This is where it's going to get really tricky. So I'm going to have to think about it for a little while because next is Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> well, maybe we'll reuse that once we've seen it. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to have to do some serious thinking about that yeah, one. Yeah, we will. Do numbers, man. Do numbers. It's your numbers. Budget. $42 million. That's okay. You think about all the actors that are in this. Yeah, that's not bad. Salary. 
12 million dollars so a little step down from far and away but still very very respectable worldwide gross and this really surprised me 262.3 million dollars worldwide third highest grossing film of 1993 that is that has to be a word of mouth thing i mean it's a good movie but so i think that's i don't know that's two things that's tom cruise's star power yeah and the peak of john grisham's popularity and yeah. that that was enough to get people into this quite slow film, really. Quite I mean, slow, however many film. years later it was, I don't know, Taken did something like 220 million or whatever, first movie. Yeah, quite different films. Very different, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is I don't know if that's a comparison or not. You know, they made two more movies, which made even more. Like, But again, John Grisham, you're right. It's the John Grisham and Tom Cruise combination. That is bankable. You know, Absolutely. people are going to go see the movie just because. It's your numbers. Now, I know that we say things like this quite a lot, but the step into Interview with a Vampire now, uh, and this might just be me personally, but I think this is a big turning point in his career because for me as an audience member at this time in his career, he was just Tom Cruise, the movie star. Yeah, we'd forgotten about Legend, right? Well, I'd so never... It's not like... I hadn't yeah, even seen What I'm Legend. saying is that it's not... For him, it's not a weird move to do a fantasy movie necessarily. He, um, But... He hasn't done one since he's been a star. But I wasn't. My interest in Interview with a Vampire wasn't at all based on Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. I didn't care about either of them at the time. Yeah, they, were, they were just famous actors. Yeah, it was gothic yeah. movie making. It was bloody. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula had been yeah, out for a little while. I really liked that. It's a modern that. vampire movie, and we hadn't had a good one in, in ages yet. But then when I saw it, my opinion of Tom Cruise completely changed, and I never, I never looked back. I haven't seen it. I've only seen clips. Ah, well, it'll be very yeah. interesting to see what you think of it. Yeah. I, well, we'll talk about it Because I, I love the vampire genre. You know, yeah. I just, I'm I'm really into it. And way before I was into uh, any horror genre. Well, zombies, yeah. I used to, I, you know, I still don't, wouldn't consider myself a horror fan. But I love vampire mythology. But strangely enough, I'm not a fan of Twilight. wonder why. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. You know what you should watch, though? Near Dark, the film that I mention almost every episode. Yes, I should watch that. <laughs> Who's in it? Bill Paxton. Yeah! You ready to rank it? What? What? Do we do that every episode? Every now and then, yeah, we rank yeah. it. We do put we? It, put it in a rank of oh, uh, yeah. the films that we've yeah, seen. Yeah, I'm going uh, to give it a ranking. This oh, is really, um, yeah. really tricky. You go first, man. You go first. I did, see, I didn't love this film, and I did think it was too long, but I can, at the same time, I can acknowledge it's a very good film. It's just not one of my favourites of his. And I don't think Tom Cruise is, is predominantly the reason that I think is a good film either. Man, you're going to hate my ranking. So I think I'm going to put it just above All the Right Moves, wow, but, yeah. but, but below Risky Business. So yeah, that's, that's, about, too... it's about sixth place. That's yeah, not too different, actually, from mine. So what are your top five, then? From five upwards, Risky Business, A Few Good Men, The Colour of Money... Top Gun, and Rain Man is at the top. Right, so my top five, starting with Rain Man is number one, Colour of Money, two, A Few Good Men at three, Top Gun at four, and Taps at five, mm. closely followed by The Firm. Right, so it's in so the same above place above Risky Business, yeah, pretty much. It's number six for me, yeah. but above ri Risky Business, below Taps. I couldn't quite put it above Taps. It's definitely a film I'd watch again over Risky Business. It, it, but that makes it too above all the right moves for me. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'd watch this again in a hurry. I would quite happily watch no, Risky Business again. No, it's done, but right. it's a very, very solid film. 
It's smartly written. It's well made. It's definitely a recommendation from me. Uh, if only just to see all of these actors working in the same film. Yeah. I had no idea there were so many good ones in there. Uh, can I just say Holly Hunter and David Strathairn again? Can I just say that? Of Let's, course. Those two in a movie. Put put them in a movie. And can I just say Ed Harris as an egg with glasses? Yep. The only thing that I really dislike about the film is the score. In places, it's really good. In other places, oh, it's, it's awful, really bad. This awful kind of piano. It's yeah. like my nephew playing a piano. Yeah. yeah my nephew's four. <clears throat> yeah. So that was The Firm, I think, a pretty strong recommendation from both of us. Yep. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join us next time for Interview with the Vampire, one that I'm very <laughs> excited about. Well, okay. That's what vampires do, when they? Like interview with a cat. Yeah, it is. You're right. Well done. I'm just trying to show my thanks. Yeah, good one. Um, and, and until next time, yeah. thanks for listening. Woo! Don't forget, you can jack reach us at The Arnithology on Twitter, The Arnithology on Facebook, and The Arnithology at gmail.com. <laughs>